Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 263. Recording this live Sunday, December 13th, 2015. Located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv. And with me, as usual, in hoth-like temperature... Yes, it is Asif Khan of the Location-Based Marketing Association. Yes. AK, Mm -hmm. how was the week? Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, You know, just got to hang around uh, in town, get caught up with some some local folks, and uh, we had a little holiday LBMA meetup for the Toronto chapter, so it was good. Yes. Nice and relaxed week, isn't it? Yes. And next week is much the same? It is. Yeah, the next few weeks are much the same, so it's good. That's it. Like, school ends next Friday for the kids, everybody's kicking back, then it's Christmas, and then it's New Year's, and then it's 20-freaking-16, man. I know. I know. You know, with with 2016 brings a a considerable amount of uh, new and exciting things to do. Um, And I've got to tell you, Asif, that... um, Two things. Bruce Springsteen is on tour. Bruce Springsteen is on tour. It's funny that you should mention that. Uh, Tickets did go on sale this past Friday, of which keep this quiet, but I managed to score four tickets. Wow. Four. Now, ask anybody who got tickets. Not a lot of people did. There's a lot of frustration because Toronto is the only Canadian city for his tour this year, and uh, for this tour, for the river. And so I actually got four tickets. They're coveted. Uh, they're they're now on StubHub. They're for fi- they're selling for five hundred dollars each, so I can make a pretty penny. But the four tickets are for my wife and I and my two nine year old kids. Awesome. Very first, and it's a Christmas awesome. present. I cannot wait to take them. It's dying. It's killing me not to tell them that I got these tickets. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Very good. But then on Friday evening, I uh, I got together with a bunch of guys that I know. Uh, there's basically three other Robs and and an Et, and uh, I'm one of those uh, one of those Robs, and and uh, so it's Rob Rob cubed and Et. Uh, these are guys that I met in line, uh, you know, 15 years ago at a Bruce Springsteen show in Ottawa, and we've been friends ever since, as you can imagine. It's kind of like me telling you that I'm part of a guild, right? That's how geeky this is. But uh, I was talking with this guy, Et, and Et, if you're listening, uh, man, it was so great to see you on Friday. Uh, and I was talking to him, and uh, he works at Farm Boy, and he listens to the podcast. He's like, I love the podcast. There you go. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's that's cool. That's cool. They all want to come on, and uh, they do some uh, pretty amazing imitations and uh Two, two, two brothers, Dennis and Roberto, the, the other Rob, um, do this Stallone impersonation that is killer. So we're, they're going to get come on. We'll, we'll have to do that. Yeah, have some guests. We'll talk about location-based marketing. <laughs> anyway, so big news. I By guess. the way, we uh, Mikhail and, uh, and Ian, uh, both, uh, actually the whole Blue Bite team, we're very uh, happy to see our little shout-out to Mikhail and uh, Ivan Draco. Draco, yeah, I must break you. Yeah. Well, I, I showed my kids. I Like, they were down today. They're trying to do their homework, and it's a tough Sunday. It's raining. It's no snow. It's like, blah, boring. I don't want to do homework, Dad. And, and uh, they're getting frustrated with it. And I played that clip of the uh, Stallone clip talking to his son. You know, it's not how many times, you know, you get hit. It's how many times you can get hit and keep going. Yeah, anyways. That's it. It's classic. It is. It's one of the best things. What I learned in life, I learned from Sylvester. <laughs> so, Asif, what, uh, what is going on with Location-Based Marketing Association uh, this well, coming it, week? It's pretty quiet, uh, with the exception of one holiday event left, and that is the Atlanta chapter is hosting a, a meetup on the uh, this Thursday, the 17th in the evening. And, um, yeah, so that's, uh, other than that, we're, we're done for the year. And um, But if you're in Atlanta or you can get to Atlanta, hey. Come hang out with the people. Aubriana and the whole team will be there. Come hang out with the people. That's yes. a good way of putting it. That yes. is it. And then so, you know, you reset, uh, you re-strategize, and you think for the, uh, you, you, things pick up again in January, don't they? Or is there, is there a slight delay in the new year? Or you There's a little up? delay, uh, probably like two weeks into it before we, we, we get going. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, uh, it's good. It's a good break. It's a well, yeah, well-deserved nice. break. And uh, for everybody out there, it is a well-deserved break. Now, this is going to be our last news show, I think, of the year, isn't it, Asif? Because we do our prediction show on the last filmed episode of of the year, which is next episode, which will be 264. Uh, and uh, I have no predictions. I have zero predictions. Well, you know, it's it's always fun to look back at our predictions. That's what I like. <laughs> yeah, <I do> <laughs> and see how wrong we were. What, what, like how many years in a row have we been calling for the that the the death of Foursquare is imminent? And it's still there. It's still it's amazing. I, you know? <laughs> Although I can and, say you know. that I can honestly say that that being a predictor of traffic may mean it's cool, but it, I don't know how that that's going to generate 
any kind of interest. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, you know, you can always drown your sorrows, Rob, in a, in a bottle of Absolute. And that's where we begin this week's episode. Here we are. We got five stories, our industry news, of course, and then we've got some member news. And we have a great uh, guest. Uh, Snip Snap is here to talk about their products and their offering, which comes midway. We've got a good resource, which was referred to when I said basically that the weather in Toronto is like Hoth. You're going to have to stick around for that. How's that for Mm -hmm. a little bit of preview of what's going on? So I get to start things off with our industry news brought to you by Samsung. Go to insights.samsung.com if you're interested in finding out some really amazing articles on the industry. Unbiased opinion about the industry from Samsung. Insights.samsung.com. And here, here we go. First story of the industry news. It has everything to do with booze. Why? Why, Asif? Because it's that time of the year. It seems everybody's out there drinking. But don't drink and drive. That's all i got to say about that. Mm-hmm. This is about uh, absolute vodka and the Internet of Things. I don't know if you can actually put these two things together. I th- you know what? I, maybe if you drink enough, you will start to see the Internet of Things materialize before your very eyes. That's, that's, that would be cool if you could do that. The drunker you got, the more you saw. Anyway, no, this is not that. This is about the bottles. We all have these bottles kicking around our bars inside of restaurants, in our homes. We give us gifts, and these bottles are just disconnected pieces of crappy glass. Ultimately, that's what it is. They're a vessel for the booze, and I think what Absolute, or their parent company is Perno Ricards, is trying to do is turn those bottles into active participants in the Internet of Things. So a mesh network, if you will, of your booze talking to each other, gossiping about you and how much you drink, telling the world that you need another bottle of booze to be shipped to you because you're nearly at that end and you can never be without booze in your house. And that's what they, I think they're trying to do here when they say that, listen, they're trying to create a bottle as a media channel. And here's where I get so confused is the reasons why I would want this because the bottles are in, end up being tossed away or recycled. and But they think that this is of great importance and they're putting a lot of money into creating this innovation area inside of the company to be able to turn these bottles into sensors. And I don't know, Asif, if this is of any value anymore because you know I think that ultimately these bottles are disposable. Right? Now, we've seen ways, bottles on shelves mm-hmm. with labels that actually tell you a little bit more about the booze that's inside of it, or they give you a ping when there's deals inside of a liquor store. And that might be interesting, but what they're talking about here is the same thing, is that they're, they're ultimately saying, well, maybe you'll find out more about how the vodka was made, or who made it, or who farmed the potatoes, and... It's just not compelling enough for me to think, oh, you know what? It's just vodka. I've chosen Absolute. I'm going to put it in my freezer, and I'm going to drink it when I want a vodka tonic or a straight-up vodka. I, like, so this, this just seems like it's technology trying to find a place or a reason. And I would say that, you know, your brand is the vodka, not the technology. And, you know, coming from a technologist, Well, I mean, un- unless, you're, unless you're Domino's Pizza, and then you have an easy button, Rob. <laughs> That's right. So th- this could be the easy button for vodka. And by the way, it really could. it's not one of our stories this week, but Amazon did announce this week yeah. one-hour delivery of booze. Booze, yeah. And in fact, so. if you go into CNN, I can link this up, is that I saw an article uh, of somebody who gave it a try. Yeah, I didn't so. read it because it's just it's not, it's not applicable up here in Canada. No. Cold country. You'd think that we would. Anyway. But I, you know, this is, I I just, I'm trying to figure out how this fits in it. Like the last thing that I want to do is be reminded by my bottle that I haven't had a drink, right? Can you imagine that? Hey Rob, you haven't had a drink today. Hey, look, absolute. It's only nine in the morning. Yeah, but you know what? Go ahead. I'm here. Take a drink. Take a drink. drink. I just don't get it. So it's, it's tough for me to say that this is a good idea. But you know what? If if you ha- want to create a relationship with your vodka bottles, uh, I snuggle with mine at night. It keeps me warm. Um, that's just what I do. Maybe you want to you know interact with an app. So well, while you're drinking vodka, Rob, all I, the time I, I'm eating cookies. That's why you know you look like you do, and I look like I do. That's right. That's why I slur my words <laughs> all the time. There's nothing wrong with this. It's fine. It's fine. It's Sunday afternoon. I can drink if I want to. Carry on and see if I'm just fine. Okay. It's okay. All right, our second story. Mm-hmm. Over to Sweden. And uh, the uh, bakery uh, company, the bakery company called, uh, I'm going to, I know I'm going to butcher this. <laughs> I'm going I'm to say it's Pagan because uh, there's, I don't know how this accent works in, in Swedish, but uh, P A G E N with an accent on the A. Uh, it's one of the biggest bakeries in Sweden. And um, 
you may or may not be aware, but uh, I guess uh, about a year ago, the EU launched a, um, uh, a, a legal move to call, call the EU Cookie Directive. And no, basically, it requires uh, websites. We're talking about web cookies here. Okay. To, to alert visitors anytime a uh, a brand or an e-commerce company puts a piece of text on, on their device as they browse. So anytime somebody's trying to track you, you have to inform them that that this is happening. And so, in a very playful way, uh, basically, this bakery says, "Look, um, we're going to put these banners on our website." And uh, anytime uh, you know this alert comes up, you can click on it, and you can exchange that cookie, that web cookie, for some real cookies from us, the bakery. And uh, I think it's pretty cool. Um, so basically, um, yeah, it's an open source website cookie banner, uh, and the whole point is to make these alerts that pop up on your screen less annoying, and and exchange a web cookie for a free sample of their their actual real cookies. And uh, not only did they do that, they made this uh, available to anybody. So they've made their code uh, for this uh, open source and free. Any company can stick it on their website uh, and start giving away free cookies. Okay. Like <laughs> so it. there you go. Uh, uh, Pagan uh, is, uh, is, is running this on their own website until December 22nd in Sweden. Mike Peters, who runs our Swedish chapter, if you are listening to this podcast, and if you're not, I'm gonna I'm gonna be calling you anyways. Please go check, try this out for us. Let us know. Maybe get some cookies. Send some to Rob and I. You know, it would all be good. We're we're willing to get involved in this and and uh, participate. I'm gonna enjoy it with my vodka. Yeah, exactly. Uh, who 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 runs your Swedish uh, group there? Mike Peters. Mike. So what's what's the secret word that we can use uh, to make sure that Mike is listening to this podcast? I don't know. Like, school. Uh, school. Okay. School. School. As in cheers. Oh yeah. School. Okay. So when, when he's when he's having that absolute, yeah. Well, I was just gonna say is that uh, that's your that's your keyword to see if he's actually listening to the podcast yeah. now. That's yeah. your test. Right. Oh, don't worry, we'll get everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I I think this is a fantastic idea. Great job by. Uh, yep. Again, I'm gonna go with pagan. Pagan. Yes. yes. With no accent, you're not even gonna try an accent there. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna leave it alone. So there you go. Fair enough. All, All right. right. All right. Well, our third story, Harken back, Asif. I think, what episode would that have been? As I pull it up here, episode number 100, no, 228, back April 3rd, 2015. We talked about this company or this thing called Wayfinder. It's uh, being tested out by the London Underground. And for those of you who don't know what Wayfinder is, it was a way for, through Beacon's smartphone and through headphones, for to be able to help vi the visually impaired to navigate through the tube of London and uh, the uh, Euston station is uh, is where it was situated. Now here we are. Flash forward. It is December and Wayfinder is now a company, um, and they have actually been uh, awarded or given a million dollars from Google to help expand this project that that started way back in April. And this is actually Google's. Um, uh, charitable arm called google.org and they are really trying to create a standardized guideline for using smartphones to help steer the visually impaired people through urban environments and this is this is a very 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 good story um, so they ran this this uh, test a year uh, earlier on in the year as I said and they're really trying to create an environment and we've seen a couple of examples of this with the cane that uh, mm -hmm. that helps uh, as well but this is a good combination of of Beacons, smartphones, headphones to be able to make sure that they actually uh, get where they need to get in a in a very effective way. Now we know that smartphone technology. I tell you the the stories of my brother and how he, we we started communicating with him. Who he's deaf by texting, and then all of a sudden we started. We had this app that we put down in the middle of the table that took all of our words when we were having a conversation and actually displayed it so he could it basically translated in real time and then he, he actually uh, had the an implant that uh, went into his brain basically behind his into his scalp and uh, the cochlear implant and now he can hear again so we've I've talked about the way that technology has evolved there but here's a perfect example of using technology for good and Wayfinder um, I think it was a so it was an initiative that was put together by us too which is really interesting because they're the guys who created Monument Valley the game and it was was just featured as a free game on iTunes and I played it and it's beautiful it's an amazing game 
Uh, and it's, it was a combination between us two and uh, the youth forum of the Royal London Society for the Blind. And uh, I, I just really like what they're doing here. I like the fact that they're a standalone company now, and they are trying to build this environment that that or this platform that they hope to be able to open up to everybody. So they're pulling in information from Google Maps and City Mapper and other. Yeah, and apps. they're trying to make it like an open standard. That's right? it. The, yeah. And so that if you want location or uh, this kind of stuff inside of your application, you can leverage their um, their API or their platform. So I really like this. This is this is a good story. I'm happy about this. And uh, you know, if, if we talk about the common language, I see all the time, is that what we need is a common language in order to be able to make this pervasive. And if these guys, Wayfinder, can create the common language so that we can incorporate this kind of stuff into all of the apps, all of the wayfinding apps. Uh, so that it can be enabled for people who are who are hampered or impaired in any way, shape, or form, including me in my vodka drunken stupor, then I'm all for that. If I can just close my eyes and I can hear headphones telling me how to sway my way home, I'm good with that. Or uh, So I, I'm, I'm good with it. So it's Wayfinder closing a million dollars from Google, the charitable arm of Google called Google.org, to actually expand what they're doing. This is great. Very cool. Yeah. Alrighty, our fourth story, a company called Irisys, that's I-R-I-S-Y-S, they're one of the big players in the uh, indoor location analytics space, I'll call it. Um, So they they would be in the same category as some of our members like ShopperTrack, Path Intelligence, Retail Next, folks like that, that uh, we've talked about often. So these guys have been around for a little while. and they've launched, uh, I guess, a new generation of their platform. It's called Gazelle 2. Um, and again, this is about you know people counting and tracking. Um, so you know there, there are platforms out there that use cameras to do this and other things. And theirs is based on thermal imaging. Uh, so they've got something called Thermal 2.0. It's a state-of-the-art innovation in thermal kinetics, they say. And uh, features uh, Bluetooth uh, integration for beacons, so they can tie beacons into this. They've got um, smart wireless sensors integrated. They've got a dashboard reporting system, uh, a whole bunch of analytics tied to this. But it's all about the new thermal Im- imaging and, and how accurate this this is. You know, where cameras, for example, can struggle in, let's say, low light conditions and things like that, thermal imaging doesn't. Obviously, and so it's it's a very very accurate way to count traffic, uh, movements of people, and and just the numbers of people in certain places uh, when you're looking to do that. So, and and when you can combine that with beacons, you know, not only do you have the analytics piece, you potentially have the, you know, the, the engagement piece as well. So, uh, uh, take a look at that. Irises, I R I S Y S. Shouldn't it be like Iris I, or Iri, the future. Of, yeah, you know, Iri. I like uh, Iri. Yeah. Not irises. It's bad English. It's like bad English. You know what I'm saying? Not the band. Yeah. Poor grammar. Yeah. Uh, I see. If you know what's going on, our fifth story here. Uh, you know what's going on in Paris? They just wrapped up in Paris, right? It, it, it's yes. a, it's a badge of pride, I think, if you are uh, a Canadian today and mm-hmm. yesterday and on Friday. Uh, you, you know, I think that what's been long missing from Canada has been what we have been known for for many years, but have seemed to have over the last 10 years fallen off the map because of certain government officials like like I don't know like the the prime minister at the time um, who who uh, who kind of ignored the commitment that and the resolve that Canadians had about the environment we were always seen as environmental stewards and I think we lost that and and what's great what we've seen over the last uh, month since our new prime minister uh, has been in place is this new commitment to the environment and I think that as Canadians we feel that we're starting to get our identity back very quickly with Justin Trudeau as our prime minister and uh, you, you know I'm 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 it, it fills me with great pride anyways that, that being said um, these are all sequiturs into the story but I was reading this I was reading this uh, you'll find this funny I was reading a, uh, a comment on Twitter from a younger girl who was saying you know we've made it as a country when Mark Zuckerberg likes a post from Justin Trudeau. I'm like, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Let's 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 talk about this for a second. Like Justin Trudeau is is the prime minister of a G7 country. Right? He runs a country. It's the other way around. Like yeah. Mark Zuckerberg will get validation when when Justin Trudeau likes a post of Zuckerberg, not the other way. Like we, people are skewed well, and, a little and, bit, and, you know, and that's what it should be, right? But it, it's yeah. uh, it's so funny to hear people say these things, right? And then like today, I was reading. There's a whole article complaining about, you know, why is Justin Trudeau and his wife in Vogue magazine and all this kind of stuff? <laughs> and like, I mean, come on, right? 
Oh my God! I, but this is like it's a weird thing to think about. All of this stuff, right? Where where people you have to be validated by Zuckerberg, the owner of Facebook, versus like the prime minister who's been voted by sixty-seven percent of his country into a into a, a G seven. Anyway, like he runs the country. I just find hey. I fear for our youth now. All of a sudden, right? But we did the right thing by putting him in there. So, we anyways, did. the whole point of this is that this is the uh, they just wrapped up in Paris uh, with all of these the COP twenty one in Paris, and and it, it is a crazy. You know, Canada was very aggressive, and they wanted to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and and reduce the temperature increase in temperature uh, the global of the planet by you know they wanted to limit it to one and a half degrees, and and it's in that variance of one and a half to two degrees. But we know that that can be catastrophic, anyways. But all this to say, that's not what we're really talking about. We're talking about here is Jane Goodall. Remember Jane Goodall? Good old Jane Goodall. She lived mm -hmm. with the uh, the apes, right? The chimpanzees. She did. She lived with the yeah. And uh, so she, <laughs> so how ignorant I am is that she lived with some big monkeys, some primates, um, and uh, she's gone on to greater things. You know, she's uh, she's a phenomenal person that is actually uh, trying to uh, teach about and uh, preach about. Uh, making sure that the humans and planets and the environment work together and live together. Um, but so she's got, she's partnered with Esri and a woman by the name of Dr. Sylvia Earle and Mission Blue to create what they're calling the Tapestry of Hope. It's an interactive online tool to visualize the thousands of projects led by youth, the youth and the young people around the globe who are passionate about protecting our shared environment. And this is this is really the story. So I've led all this up to the story is that she's working with um, with these three other organizations to create a living map of all of these different initiatives from around the world that where, where there are young people that are involved in doing good for their environment or doing good for uh, for uh, any kind of any kind of conservation programs. So they have uh, this is also it's being powered by by Esri um, and it's I, I don't know what else to say about this is that they've had a lot of um, collaboration between between Goodall and Esri before and this just kind of brings um, it very visual and it's a beautiful map if you go to storymaps.esri.com this is a terrible address and you can link it up into our uh, you know in the show notes but it's storymaps.esri.com forward slash stories forward slash 2015 forward slash tapestry hyphen of hyphen hope so tapestry of hope and and you you can you can take a look at that and you can see all of the projects that are being done around the world more than 1700 local service projects together form this tapestry of hope or tapestry of hope so um uh, good on jane goodall uh, and good on uh, dr sylvia earl mission blue and esri and they just launched this Brilliant. So did I get that right? Did I get any of that right? You got it all. I think so. Yeah. This is this is good news. And uh, to that person who thinks that they should be that our prime minister has been validated by Zuck, shame, 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 shame. That's it. That's it. Those are the five stories of the week. Asif, I cannot believe we are done that quickly. Those were brought to you, of course, by Samsung. Go to insights.samsung.com and you will find some great writing on the state of mobile and retail and IoT and everything. You'll find a, a ton of useful information there, insights.samsung.com. And next week, I will actually bring another resource from Samsung to you, the fine folks. <laughs> uh, so now what do we want to do? We want to jump into the resource. All right. So is it still is it still Hoth-like in, uh, in Toronto? <laughs> it, it still is. So yes, our resource this week, I, I figured it, you know, in celebration of all that is uh, Star Wars and this new movie yes. that comes out this, the, at the end of this week, um, I, I came across this resource. So this guy named Tom Scott uh, has put this together. So he's got this little website that he's built and you just go to um, tomscott.com. Uh, it's just T-O-M-S-C-O-T-T.com forward slash weather forward slash Star Wars. And uh, and then you, it brings you to this page, and you just type in a city. So, like, if I if I type in Toronto, where I am right now, um, it comes up, and it tells you based on the current weather what Star Wars place planet you know in the in the previous movies that it feels like right now. So it says, "Oh my, five degrees Celsius, light drizzle. It's like hot out there, cold, ice, freezing, desolation." And then, but if I type in, uh, let's say, let me pick some places where we have chapters. Let's see what Atlanta looks like right now. 
So it says, ah, 22 degrees Celsius, cloudy. It's like Yavin 4, hot but with some cloud in the sky. Sweet. So there you go. Yeah, and then I was just doing Vancouver because that's always temperate, right? Uh, Vancouver here. It's like Endor out there, temperate but gray and cloudy, 8 degrees. So there you go. So take a look at that, folks. Uh, TomScott.com forward slash weather forward slash Star Wars. And Sydney, Australia is like Tatooine. There you go. Hot, dry, occasionally, occasional sarlacc. <laughs> mm. So that's our resource. Thanks. But Ottawa can't be found. Can't find Ottawa. No. It's just, it's just not there. Just yeah. not there. Okay. That's our resource. So tomscott.com forward slash weather forward slash Star Wars. I got my tickets. I'm going on Friday. Mm. Going 1245 with my wife on Friday. Awesome. You, you cannot find me. I will no. not be around. No. Uh, all right. So you know what we'll have to do, Rob. Like because last, I mean, we, we've talked about Star Wars now. Yes. A couple weeks ago, and then last week we had our uh, our uh, you know Sylvester Stallone moment. <laughs> yes. And uh, now we're talking Star Wars again. Like like we're, at some point we're gonna have to do like an Oscar show or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Or, or and we're gonna have to do the Grammys too, right? So Oscar and Grammys because oh. I, I have mentioned Bruce Springsteen in two hundred sixty three yeah. consecutive episodes. So. Yeah. I was telling I was telling these guys that I met with on Friday is that uh, Et and and the Robs is that uh, it is my only goal on this show to convert all of you into Springsteen fans. That's it. So every time you hear Bruce Springsteen's name, you will think of me naturally. Yes. You will think of me. That's how I've I've lodged into people's minds. People say I'm a good networker, and it's not. It's just that you remember me for one thing: the fact that I talk about yes Bruce about Bruce. That's it. All right. All right. Maybe so yes. now on to our guest. It is that time again where we get to sit down with a founder of an amazing company. And this time it is Snip Snap and the founder, Ted Mann, who is joining us live. Well, live for me anyways, from Philadelphia. Ted, thanks for doing this. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Rob. So glad to be a part of it. Well, I, you know, uh, obviously, uh, you know, I was saying before we started recording this that uh, I used to do this podcast with Chuck Martin all the time, and he just raved about Snip Snap. I couldn't get him to shut up about you guys. So I'm going to give you a moment here to explain what Snip Snap is, and then we, I want to talk about Scout, this product that you just released. So what is Snip Snap, for those who don't know? So Snip Snap is a mobile coupon app. Uh, we built the first app that lets you take a picture of any paper coupon and save it to your smartphone, basically so you never forget it at home. Um, so we... We, we utilize image recognition technology to take take all the paper coupon content and basically render it as a mobile coupon. And then you, you guys have done so much beyond that, right? Because like you, you're querying, at the same time you're, you're rendering the coupon, you're also querying to see if there's any deals that are out there, if you're looking at products. like The evolution of the product is pretty amazing. Yeah, so I mean, when we started out, it was just simply, pure and simple, a, a coupon app, but we very quickly crowdsourced what is the biggest database of in-store coupons in, in mobile. Um, so you go on, on SnipSnap, you can find a coupon for just about any store. And you'll find actually dozens of coupons for, for the store. Um, so we have, we have about 200 times as many coupons as the next closest competitor, uh, which is a, an app called RetailMeNot. Um, but, uh, you know, since then, we've decided that we want, to, we want to be more than just coupons, right? There's all sorts of other great ways to save with mobile. So we've been looking at um, some of the really cool mobile savings tactics that um, not a lot of consumers are, 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 are aware of yet, and we want to make it easier and faster and basically save people a lot more money. I want to dive into that, but I got one question about this. Like, do do retailers like you or loathe you? Because it, you, cause ultimately, it's a location-based play. I'm standing in the store, and it's kind of like, yeah. oh, you know, what, what can I get a deal on the product that I'm holding that I'm standing in line about to pay for? Your, you know, SnipSnap enables people to find a deal, a, potentially a coupon or a discount on that product. Do, so do retailers like you? Yeah, location is a huge part of it. And, uh, yeah, do they like us? Um, <laughs> can you answer well, that? We have about sixty that pay us, so, okay. so yeah, um, they do. They do see value in it, and we, we help drive a great ROI for the retailers. So like, well, I don't know if you can re see any yeah. of those logos. I mean, those are some of the retailers that work with us. Uh, um, you know, I, honestly, when we launched, there weren't too many retailers that were using mobile coupons. Right, mobile coupons hadn't quite hit the hit the mainstream, and we kind of dragged a few of them in, kicking and screaming into into utilizing mobile coupons. And now mobile coupons have become, um, you know, a, a norm in the retail industry. Um, and we're, you know, we, we have 5 million users who saved 250 million coupons in three years. And that's uh, total, I mean, all told, about a half a billion dollars. So consumers definitely love it. I think the retailers are starting to see that there is 
just as much value in distributing coupons and mobile as there was in, uh, in direct mail and newspapers a decade ago. So now you're looking at kind of the evolution of this, right? So it's not just about coupons, as you were saying. It's it's much more around what are the features? What are the things are, are you now kind of pioneering in the space that, that you think that the retailers and consumers will catch up to? So uh, about a month ago, we, we pilot began launching a, a product called Scout, which is a, a feature in SnapSnap. And basically the idea behind this feature is we know there are all these other great ways to save with your mobile phone, right? There's price matching is one way. Mm -hmm. There's instant rebates. Um, it used to be you have to, you know, you do want to get a rebate, you have to mail in like a UPC code and get like a check in the mail a month later or, or a half a year later. <laughs> now, all you have to do is take a picture of your receipt and you get cash back right on the spot, um, right, you know, via PayPal. Unbelievable. Um, so there's that, there's obviously mobile coupons. Um, so there's all these great ways to save and we wanted to build an experience where you could tap into all those, but we didn't want to make it overly complicated and overly cumbersome. We didn't want to have to give the user 10 different tabs to check. So we did something that we th I think is, pretty, is, is a pretty breakthrough UX, which is you take a picture of the product. So that's all you have to do with Scout is you take a picture of the product that you're interested in, or you can just text it into us. We identify what it is you're looking for, and then we send you all of the best deals um, no matter where you are. So if you if you say that you're in the store and there's a list price of you know forty nine ninety nine, we're going to figure out if there's a coupon we can send you or a price match or a rebate. If you're at home on the couch, we're probably just going to send you the best online deal and maybe like an online coupon code to use. Um, so Scout sort of has the intelligence. It's almost like a um, it's almost like you're chatting with a, like you know that friend that always knows where all the best deals are. Uh, sort of like a like an AI version of that. So how do, so how does this work? Is this is this uh, is this AI or is this are there humans behind this that are that are sourcing the deals? I mean, how, how do you guarantee that? So the the way it works, um, we use a few different technologies that are really cool. First, um, at the outset, if you take a picture, we use technology built by a company called Slice, um, which actually acquired us earlier this year. So Slice has the market leading image recognition technology. So take a picture of anything and they can identify what it is. That on its own is Very cool. super cool. Yeah. It's super cool. But if, if that were it, it would just be kind of like a novelty. Um, so what we do after that is we send it into um, like sort of like a, a chat-like interface. Um, and we have a bunch of automatic questions that we ask the user. So we ask you, are you in store or are you at home? Because um, it matters tremendously in terms of what deals we're going to send you um, where you are. And so, for example, if you say that you're in store, then there's a series of follow-up questions. So depending on the product that you've submitted, depending on you know whether or not you're you know there's a price listed for that product, um, we're going to be able to find you the right deals. And we check a bunch of databases. We have a a, a database of coupons, which of course we've built. Um, we have a database of price of rebates and price matching. We we have a a, a catalog of of up to date um, retail prices on, at all the retailers. And so we check all those services, and then we actually, you asked before, is it human? So we actually do have humans that lay eyes on every deal that we send out before we send it, because wow. we double check it just to make sure it's going to work. So is that like, is that human intensive? Uh, like, do you have to hire a lot of staff to be able to facilitate this? Or is it just in, in the process that, you know, it, it's a pretty streamlined process? I, I, right now, we have an, enough capacity already. We already had enough capacity to be able to service all these requests really quickly. We sort of triage all of the deals that we're sending out. Um, so it's not like one person's just sitting around waiting for um, to complete those tasks or to, to give you the deals. Um, we do, you know, we automate ninety percent of that work, and it's just that last little step. We just want to make sure that we're sending you the best quality deals. Eventually, we may be able to fully automate it, and we won't need to double check it, but. At launch, we wanted to make sure every person that uses Scout gets an awesome deal and it works. So how long does it take usually to get the deal? So I'm standing in the store. I've got the product in hand. I want to make sure that I'm getting the best price and uh, and I and I start using Scout. How long does it take for me to be able to interact and then get a response from you guys? Yeah, I'll, it's, it's you know usually around like two or three minutes um, start to finish. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's not instantaneous. Um, there is a little bit of a back and forth. Um, like I said, we have that chat interface. Mm -hmm. uh, we felt like that was a really natural, intuitive way for people to, to interact with something like this. Um, it's almost kind of like, like talking to Siri or, or even like using iMessage or, or one of the chat apps. 
It's probably exactly you want it to be a an environment that people understand, right? So that that it's not confusing, it's not alienating. They they understand what this kind of interface looks like. You know what? what I, I'm going to ask this question again. Is that so now? You have the ability to really get the best price because that's the promise of mobile. It's a promise of mobile couponing. It's a promise of all of these things, these technologies that terminate in the store. But like, are you getting pushback from 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 any of the retailers on this? Because I, I'm thinking that at some point this just erodes margin at a crazy rate. But from a consumer standpoint, I'm okay with that. But from a retailer standpoint, am I okay with that? Yeah, you know, it's funny. The, one of the first calls we got was from our retailer, but they weren't upset. They were actually asking us, could they white label, oh, <laughs> white label, yeah. copy the the price matching application and put it into their app? Um, I won't say which one that was, but I mean, I think what what, what we found is that a lot of retailers have these policies. Um, price matching, in particular, has become sort of ubiquitous in mm -hmm. the in the United States. Um, the majority of U.S. retailers now sport a price match policy because they're all competing with Amazon and, uh, and folks like that. However, actually very few consumers take advantage of those policies. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, the, the, the last re report I read, I think it was uh, Forrester, so only 5% of consumers have ever actually tried price matching, um, despite the fact that it is so pervasive. Um, and, uh, and I think the reason why they don't is because it's really hard, it's really complicated. To, to do it well, you need to actually know all the rules and, and different retailers price match against different sites and different um, different competitors. And so to, to be able to do it, you have to know that whole sophisticated rules. Um, and frankly, when you're out in store and you're shopping for, you know, you got two kids on either arm, it's you don't have the time to do all that, right? And so with Scout, we're at least trying to figure out how to do all that work for you, make it make it that simple. I love it. And, and my last question for you, Ted, is is what do you think you're ushering in here? Is this is this the beginning of the trend? We st start to see these, right? So in store in Walmart, they've got a chat application that allows you to talk to, connect you to experts, and and what you guys are doing with Scout allows you to connect with the best price. Uh, I mean, is this the beginning of a trend of some sort that, that you guys have identified that you think that this is this is going to be the next thing in commerce and discounts and best pricing and and retail? Well, I, I definitely think the. The experience that we built with Scout, um, the chat interface, yeah. um, some, some people have taken a calling that uh, concierge. Um, so there's, there's several different like personal shopper applications that have utilized a similar interface. Like uh, there's an app called uh, um, Operator, which was started by one of the Uber co-founders. Um, there was another actually ill-fated startup called Fetch. Yep. Um, similar sort of UI, and you know, and then there's a few others like Facebook has a has a as an experiment right now called Facebook M, which is uh, also kind of like a personal concierge. Um, we've built the only one that does really what's what's unique about our approach is that it does one it's entirely deal centric. Two, we're utilizing the image recognition. Um, taking a picture to start the conversation. Right. We found that that actually makes a huge difference. Um, but I think, you know, in terms of a trend, I think that the, the, the trend of being able to interact with like a personal assistant, whether it's an, an AI or an actual human being, I, I do think that's um, a trend that is poised to, to continue growing because it's just, it's just a great, way, great experience. And when you're on your mobile phone, it's, it couldn't be easier. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm all for this. Like, especially with the image recognition piece. Simply put, it 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 takes the the that thing that is the challenge, which is describing the product and typing it into the screen, like queasing art, whatever it might be. It eliminates that whole thing for you, so that it, it makes yes. it it makes it much yes. easier to get that content in. And and that's what these things are. These devices are made for is capturing, not not typing. Despite what people think, capturing the images is a great way of doing it. So where should we send people to find more information about uh, about you guys and Scout or SnipSnap? So 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 Scout is again it's a feature within the SnipSnap app. Yep. Uh, we have five million dedicated loyal users who we built this for, so we didn't want to start over from scratch and tell them to go download a whole new app. So uh, you can find that in uh, it's for iOS and Android. Um, and if you want to find more information about it, uh, you can go to our website, which is snipsnap.it. Uh, if you put forward slash Scout, you'll get information about Scout specifically. This is great. Well, you know, I've already downloaded it because, you know, what I love about it is that you can actually use it in Canada. So, listen, every gripe that we have as Canadians is that <laughs> we're always a second-class citizen when it comes to mobile services. 
So thank you for launching this in Canada as well as the United States. I know I know that you're owned by a Canadian firm, but uh, it's one of the things that I appreciate in a company when they launch in Canada. So thank you, man. Go, go save some money in Canada Tire. Or, go uh, exactly, and that's it. And with a Canadian with a Canadian dollar, the way that it is, you know, uh, you know, this is uh, very helpful to stay and shop in our own country. Man, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate your time, Ted. Thanks, Rob. It's great, great chatting. We've been speaking with Ted Mann, who is the CEO and the founder of a company called SnipSnap. Go to SnipSnap.it. And if you'd like some more information about uh, Scout, the Scout feature of SnipSnap, go to SnipSnap.it forward slash Scout. That is it. Thanks, Ted. Thanks, Rob. All right, we're back, and it's time for the member news, AK. This is where you take it and roll through five items of great importance. And you know what? For me, number two is the one Number two. that I'm the most interested in. Okay. All right. Well, we got uh, we got five really good ones here. Uh, we'll start with our good friends at Place IQ. Duncan and company in New York have teamed up with a company called IRI. Um, uh, IRI, if you don't know them, they're a uh, pretty um, rich research company around uh, shopper insights, retail CPG type of insights, uh, you know, uh, basically understanding shopper patterns and behavior. And so, obviously, we're, what we're doing here is we're taking Place IQ's uh, location data and blending that with the IRI data to help us understand, in particular, um, the uh, the movements of people across multiple channels. And uh, and this is a big thing in the industry right now, right? You know, online, offline. You know, one device here, another device there. How do we track people across all of this? How do we understand path to purchase and the shopping activity across you know multiple devices and channels? So that's uh, that's what's happening here. So Place IQ again teaming up with IRI. That's the first story. Okay, second story. The one that Rob's really excited about is, you know, we've talked a lot on this show, especially in the last six months, I think, about uh, you know all these payment platforms and the demise of some payment platforms. And here we come, you know, the biggest of all retailers, uh, Walmart, uh, this week announced their own payment platform, Walmart Pay. This is a standalone, not connected to any other retailers whatsoever, uh, payment platform. Uh, works on both iPhone and Android. Uh, any payment type is accepted uh, at any checkout lane. So uh, this is pretty powerful if you're, you know, into Walmart. And, um, you know, we'll see how this goes. They, um, they say that uh, they expect pretty big adoption of this uh, fairly quickly. Uh, they've got 140 million customers who shop weekly at Walmart. 140 million, okay? 22 million of those people already have their, the Walmart mobile app and use that on a regular basis. So, you know, I could see some pretty uh, fast adoption of this, uh, especially with the 22 million. Unbelievable. That's a huge number. Like they are poised to be probably the largest mobile commerce company on the planet when they roll this out. I would say. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, you know, Apple is uh, obviously trying their best and uh, has, is struggling a little bit. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, Samsung Pay and all the other uh, ones out there. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, I, I think anytime a big uh, a big retailer like Walmart steps up and says we're doing something, um, the, the the thing is, is though they made the, in the in the announcement they made it very very clear that that it's an open architecture it could integrate with other payments platforms you know we'll we'll see how that goes so you know, you know, um, the problem with apple is that apple pay is that they launch in canada one of the most connected countries with, with american express with american only. fucking express like yeah. those lame like yeah. you might as well not launch at all i know maybe there's i think there's three and a half million or four million credit card holders american express credit card holders but Canada is Canada doesn't carry cash anymore. We were the first to adopt debit as our primary yeah. payments. We're the, well, we're the, the second because, pick, chip you know, pin. The reason for that is is the banks are blocking them. Yeah, well, the, the yeah, I know, and it's just it's right? it's crazy. So, they want their pound of flesh. The banks here. Yeah, but so, they, they don't understand that this facilitates so much. Anyways, don't yeah. get me started Anyway, on this, but go, all right, go, go third, Walmart. Sorry, third piece of member news: Sears. Uh, interesting move this week around dri You know, a new strategy for driving app downloads. So yeah, have you ever been into uh, a store, a Sears store, or any, any store for that matter, and you go to get something and uh, it's out of stock? Does that happen to you, Rob? Time. Yeah. So guess what they came up with? You go into the store and the thing's out of stock. Well, if you jump onto the, mobile, the Sears mobile app while you're in the store and you enable your location settings to do this, you can pay 
through the mobile app for an out-of-stock item. In other words, you can order one that's, you know, you're in the store, you went to get something, they don't have it, you can jump onto the mobile app, you can order it, pay for it, and when you do that, they will give you free shipping. That's great. You're physically in the store, they don't have the thing you want, you jump on the mobile app, you don't have the mobile app, download it, enable the location settings, and order one, and it will be shipped to you for free. What, like, what, why doesn't everybody do that? <laughs> I don't know, but it's pretty cool. Uh, I think it's a great, a great strategy. So check that out. If you're a Sears customer, um, that is something that you, you know, especially at a busy time, like, you know, the, the Christmas season where things are, could be out of, out of stock or, you know, uh, Boxing Day or whatever it is, um, you know, you might want to uh, take advantage of, of, of a service like that. So check that out. Okay. Our fourth story. Uh, well, our good friends, uh, I don't know, it's been like, we've been talking about Sweden a lot uh, on this show. Well, Seamless, which is one of the big payments platforms companies uh, out of Sweden, and uh, we've talked about them before on the show, and uh, in the U.S., they operate under the Secure uh, platform, the S-E-Q-R uh, platform, which they've launched here. Well, they, in the U.S., they've teamed up with Dwala, D-W-A-L-D-W-O-L-L-A, sorry, uh, and Dwala is a company that uh, is one of the leaders in peer-to-peer -peer, uh, transfer of payments, uh, so P2P payments. So they, these two have teamed up, um, and they've announced that uh, that there's a partnership going on. And sometime in the first quarter of 2016, this will be rolled out. But basically, if you are a uh, uh, secure customer, you have this secure app, you will be able to use that in the U.S. to do peer-to-peer -peer, uh, money transfer. So there you go. Uh, pretty simple stuff, but could be a, a big move to help uh, secure get some uh, uh, some added uh, value service to the for the for their U.S. customer base, as well as uh, kind of grow the overall pie, um, you know, for for both of these companies. And our last story, uh, not insignificant at all, one of our good good friends, uh, GameStop, that is. Uh, Rob and I know these guys well, and in particular their loyalty program, which is called Power Up, uh, which is their uh, uh, their mobile loyalty application, and and this is huge. I mean, Power Up, um, the numbers are escaping me right now, but um, let me see if I can find that number quickly. How many people actually have this thing? Do you know, Rob? And forty million. Sorry, there it is. Forty million people have the GameStop Power Up Rewards platform. So there's a lot of people who are into gaming, and many of them, I guess 40 million of them, have, have this app. Well, guess what? No, it's not just to you know, collect up these points now and just turn them in for game stuff. They're taking the, you know, your points value and letting you use them in other places, starting with this first partnership with Shell Gas. Shell Gas Stations now. You can go to a Shell Gas Station and use your GameStop Power Up Rewards points to pay for fuel. This is huge. This is huge. So, so smart. Um, and I bet you you're going to see now, like, not just, you know, fuel, but you're going to be able to use this at all kinds of other different places. Not unlike, you know, the, the, the really cool move that we, we, we talked about, um, I guess, maybe five, six months ago when United Airlines uh, um, was telling people that they could use their points at airports to pay for meals at restaurants. And things like that. So you're going to see a lot of this kind of cross promotion and extending of, of, of the brand uh, to other partners and things like that. So good on GameStop for seeing they have a huge value in their point system and a lot of people here uh, and, and tying up with Shell to, uh, to deliver some, uh, some extended value there. So there you go. That's the five pieces of member news. Boom. And it still feels like Hoth in Toronto. Still feels It's still Tatooine in Sydney, Australia. Yeah, there you go. And I don't even know what it's like. It's pouring rain outside. Um, that's amazing. Five member news items, five industry news items. Uh, we've got a great interview and a resource all done in a very compact fashion. It gives us enough time to spend the next 15 minutes talking about uh, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> or we could end the show. You know, I, I, um, I, I, I'm, I'm a little disheartened uh, by the uh, by the the fact that we're two weeks less than we're 12 days away from Christmas at the time of this recording, and there are there's absolutely no way that we are going to have a uh, a white Christmas for the first time I think in my entire life, maybe since the 1970s, um, but the first time that I can ever remember that we will probably not have snow 
on Christmas in Canada. And I, I know I'm the first guy to complain about the snow and the cold and, and the freezingness, but there's nothing better than waking up on Christmas morning and having the entire, you know, uh, everything covered in, in white snow. It's going to happen, Rob. Just, you know, have faith. It can't, have man. Faith. You know what? Because you it's going to... This new climate agreement we've signed, Rob, we're going to have it in place. <laughs> right. It's going to be done. By, you know, in the next week and a half. And... You know, we're going to drop the temperature, you know, down to the 1.5, uh, you know, that, that, that they say we're going to do it. And, and that's going to give us snow on Christmas morning. So what you're saying is that Justin Trudeau is going to make sure that it's snowing yes. here on Christmas yes. Day. Oh, see, he is, he is a godsend. Uh, unfortunately, the, the problem is, is that the earth is not frozen. That is the problem. And I cannot help that. I cannot do anything about that. I don't think Justin Trudeau can either, but I'm hoping. And if he doesn't... See if I vote for that fucker anymore. Right? That, no, I'm just joking. I am just joking. Yeah. Yes. All right. So um, that's it for episode number 263. We are we are finished. I cannot believe it. If you have predictions that you would like to verbalize, do so by reaching out. Rob at Untether.tv or Seif at the LBMA.com. Now, those predictions can be about the stuff we talk about. They can be, you know, whether or not Bruce Springsteen comes to your city. They can be anything you want. Senators winning the Stanley Cup. Movies, whatever. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter. We'll, we'll, we'll run it all. It'll be the nine-hour show. So, uh, just, if you have any predictions, reach out to us. We would love your thoughts. And if you're too embarrassed to actually go out there and be on, uh, out on a limb with your prediction, We'll just make it our own. You know, you can just tell us. Use this one, Rob. They're always better than mine. I'm usually over, and Asif is usually right on the money. So uh, we'll continue <laughs> Not always. Week. So we'll see you next week for 264. I'm going to snuggle over the bottle. Asif, have a safe week, my friend. Cheers. Later, everybody. I want to go drink some water.